0: Of the DFS Dose podcast, your fix of DFS information, strategy, and analysis. I'm your host Ben Hover, and as always, I'm joined by the two Js, Joey and Jared, and gentlemen. The NFL regular season is in the books, but the DFS action goes on. We've got a wild card weekend with four games on DraftKings. It's a particularly interesting slate. Three out of our four games are rematches of games that we've already seen this season. Chargers and Ravens played in week six, uh, in week 16. The Seahawks and Cowboys in week three, and the Texans and Colts are in the same division and thus have played twice already. So, as far as unique matchups go, we only have one as the defending champion Eagles will go on the road to try and overtake the best defense in the NFC in Chicago. So, all in all, it's going to be a really interesting slate, and rather than our traditional position by position breakdown this week we're going to go game by game and highlight all of our favorite picks in each game and some potentially underrated stacks that could help you take down a gpp but before we do that joey would you mind telling the people how they could support the pod
1: you could support the podcast by following us on twitter at the dfs dose and then you can also follow us on instagram at the dfs dose and then you can also subscribe to us on youtube and iTunes at the DFS Doe same handle across all
0: platforms. So, how are you guys uh, in a general sense attacking this slate? As as with any small slate, we're gonna have consolidated ownership. Uh, you know, early week it's looking like everybody's gonna be targeting the Indianapolis and Houston game. It's got the highest total on the slate. It's also a third time division matchup, and we know what the numbers say about teams that face twice in a single year. So I can't imagine that this game is necessarily slated to be the shootout that some are projecting it to be. But, I mean, all four games are under a 50-point total. Um, You know, players like Zeke are probably going to be massive chalk along with, like, Hopkins and and T.Y. Hilton. So just in a general sense, what do you guys think about this slate?
2: I like it. I mean, there's only, like, certain ways you can go, I feel like. It's going to be, like, Zeke, T.Y. Hilton – get a cheap running back from like Baltimore. I don't know. I like it. I like it. I'm definitely just going heavy in the Yeah, there, game, though. There's
1: less options. Um so it makes it easier to to pick players from a you know, smaller player pool. Um some people like it, some people don't like it. Personally, I don't mind it, um because you could still you could still make bad plays even though there's only four games. And you can also make good plays that nobody's on.
0: In terms of game selection, are you guys playing any cash this week or just going strictly GPP? I mean, you know, the less less options there are in terms of games, the more similar cash game lines are going to look and the more likely it'll basically just be 1v1 or 2v2s in your lineups. Yeah, probably.
1: probably go GPP as well, honestly. Yeah, and I'll
0: likely be going GPP as well. So for the most part, we're probably going to be talking about these games as it relates to GPPs uh, rather than cash game floors. But, uh, you know, let's get right into it. Start with our first game here. And let's talk about the Chargers going to Baltimore. This game has an over-under set at 42. The Ravens are two-and-a-half point home favorites. And it's only been two weeks since we saw these two teams play They played in LA, uh, the Ravens won 22 to 10 in that game. Um, how do you guys see this game playing out as these teams face off once again?
1: I think it'll be like a decently scoring game. Um, not too, not too much scoring, but not too little. Um, I think that, I think the chargers have a good enough offense to move the ball on the Ravens. Phillip rivers is more than capable to move the ball on the Ravens defense, although they are a top two defense in the NFL. Um, but I expect it to just be a, like a 21-17 to 17 type of game. Um, expect like maybe Melvin Gordon to get a touchdown and maybe a Keenan Allen or Tyrell Williams on the Chargers side. And then I think Lamar Jackson will have all the touchdowns for the Ravens. Bold, bold prediction, all of them.
0: Interesting. Lamar had his best fantasy game of the season to close <coughs> out the regular season. When he played Cleveland, putting up 27.16, that was his best fantasy output this far. Do you think, I mean, obviously, Joe, you think he's going to carry this over. Uh, what are your thoughts on Lamar or Jared? Uh, I disagree. I think he's going to
2: bust, and I think the Ravens, Interesting. I mean, I don't think the Ravens score more than 14 points, honestly. I Do you think-,
0: think they lose?
2: Yeah. Hmm but i think it's going to be a really low scoring game like 20 to 14 or 20 to 20 to 13 something like that i don't i'm probably not playing anybody in this i mean maybe if i could fit melvin in but i'm not going to try to fit melvin in
0: yeah melvin gordon is the ultimate player that you know how much stock do you put in the matchups? Because, you know, it's been a while since we've seen him do it. We know he opened up the year with three out of his four games going over 30 points. He's shown that ceiling several times, but he's been banged up. Um, you know, they may or may not have been saving him for the playoffs. He hasn't had over 13 carries in a game in his last three. So it's just difficult. I mean, if if they set him loose, then he could produce. I mean, 7,700 is extremely fair I would say for a player like Melvin who has three touchdown upside but I mean I don't know when you look at the options below him like Tariq Cohen, Chris Carson, I think these players have similar ceilings to Melvin Gordon and they're all in better matchups.
2: Yeah I agree I love Chris Carson he might be uh, a lock for me he's not too expensive.
0: He's he's mid-range he's 6800 so expensive but you know reasonable.
2: That's perfect. That's where he should be at. I love Chris Carson.
0: Yeah,
1: I like Chris Carson, too. Um, he just gets a ton of touches. But, I mean, going back to the, you know, Ravens-Chargers game, um, Melvin Gordon, like, he could get there, like, get there, as in get to 30 points, Um, like you said, his ceiling. But the man doesn't get – crazy touches like crazy rushing attempts like these other players get he hasn't had over 20 rushing attempts in a game this season um so it kind of takes some catches and touchdowns to get to that ceiling whereas you know you look at some other players like zeke who can get to that ceiling by doing it with more rushing touches all in all probably fading gordon in that game um playing no baltimore receivers that's Obviously a given.
0: So what about Keenan then, or or even one of the su- surrounding uh, L.A. receivers? Mike Williams has touchdown upside as we've seen several times this year, and Tyrell Williams uh, as well.
1: It's hard. It's hard if you if you believe in the Ravens' defense and at home. Yeah. It's a, it's hard to play anybody in that game honestly. Um, but. The lock from that game, if he does play, I don't care how, you know, how much he plays, Is Hunter Henry.
0: Mm, 2,500. Um, yeah.
1: If he plays you, I'm playing him no matter what. I don't care if he's out there for 10 snaps.
0: And that 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 will be a genuine concern, how many snaps he gets. But, I mean, he's probably... I was going to say he's probably the most talented tight end on the slate. I forgot Zach Ertz was on there. But, I mean, other than that, he's 2500 And just for the price, you're getting such a massive discount as far as talent and upside. Um, yeah, Hunter Henry is going to be really interesting. He's yet to be uh, taken off the pup list as of Wednesday, Wednesday night. But, um, you know, you'll have to keep an eye on that. I think that he would be relatively popular just cuz there's so much buzz around him if he were to play.
1: Yeah, it will be crazy if he plays. I mean, he he tore his ACL what like 7 months ago, so that's a crazy recovery. Um like record kind of recovery. Yeah. Like you never see anybody do the do what he might possibly do on Sunday by playing in the season that he tore his ACL in. Um but See yeah, to 2, me that makes me
0: that makes him a fade in my opinion. I mean, unless this dude is like, you know, a, like a superhero. Like he's just he's just a guy. Like how's he possibly gonna recover from that that quickly and then come out and perform against one of the best defenses in the NFL?
2: Well, jokes on you, Ben. He is a superhero.
0: Oh, word. Facts. Yeah. Damn. I didn't even know like that. Yeah, you tripping dog. His his power is like rejuvenating ACLs. Yeah. Damn. Shit.
1: Should But don't you think people, more people will have that mindset rather than, oh, he's coming back, let's play him? Um, In a GPP, especially, where you're trying to... I mean, people are stupid, so they'll play him no matter what. Um,
0: well, just but, a sneak peek, I mean, early ownership projections have him, you know, expected to be owned higher than Blake Jarwin, higher than Trey Burton, you know... I don't, yeah, I, don't I don't I don't know. I don't I think that people are eager to jump back on this train. I think that the leverage move would be to go with either Burton or Jarwin. But I don't know. Um it's hard to tell.
1: The takeaway is we're not playing anybody from this game.
0: Yeah, for the most part. I, I mean I have more interest in Melvin than the two of you. Um I think that he has I I don't know, I'm just interested in his upside. It'll depend on what his ownership ends up being, but You know, for me, it's either Melvin Gordon or, like you said, Lamar Jackson. But other than that, it would be Lamar naked and maybe Melvin in a a stack. But yeah, I don't know. No real interest in me for any of the receivers in that game, or the tight ends, or Phil Rivers.
1: Yeah, Lamar is probably the only player Mm in my in my pool as of right now, honestly.
0: Let's move on then to a game that has the same total, 42 points, but I think it will be full of a lot more interesting plays, and that will be the Seahawks traveling to Dallas to face the Cowboys. The Cowboys are two-and-a-half-point home favorites, just like the Ravens are. But, um, I mean, we have reports that Zeke Elliott expects to see the heaviest workload he's had this season. Um, You know, this season he has a 40-touch game so I'm not exactly sure what we're, you know, we're going to see out of Zeke this week, but he's 9K, he's a home favorite, and I would expect him to push 75% ownership or more. Um, is there any leverage in fading him, or in a slate this small, do we just take the points?
2: You have to play him. <laughs>
1: you take the There's points. no yeah. reason
2: to not play him. I don't think you could even – you can't even make up a reason not to play him, to be honest.
1: A home running back on a team that's favored to win any good stupid amount of touches
2: yeah like what
1: is what is that makes sense to me what's
2: the
0: what would be an actual reason to fade him like honestly I'll, i'll give you one what i mean i mean not that i necessarily believe this but i mean just playing devil's advocate he's in his last two games right he's had under 20 points and if this this guy's going to be, you know, 75%, 80% owned on DraftKings. If he's getting under 20 points at that level of ownership, any player at that level of ownership, I think there's justification to fade. Chris Carson, Melvin Gordon, Tariq Cohen, you know, these are players with 30-point upside. So if you get it right with two of these guys and Zeke, if Zeke only puts up 20 points or even like 25 points and you fade him, you'll survive. If he puts up 30, 35 points, well, then you're in big trouble. But... um I don't know, I think if, if you get a ceiling game out of Cohen or Gordon or Carson or even Marlon Mack, potentially, um, I mean, I think I just think that there's justification to fade any player at that high of ownership in NFL, which we know there's so much variance, there's so much reliance on touchdowns to hit your ceiling game. It could be, for example, a monster Amari Cooper game, in which case, you know, Zeke would probably disappoint at that salary not saying i would fade zeke but just game theory wise any player that is that high owned honestly, i think there's there's a reason to do it um i don't think i will because i love this spot for zeke but i don't know i just playing devil's advocate there
2: if you make more than one lineup yeah fade him in a couple but i mean if you're making one lineup don't be stupid
0: yeah, yeah there's, there's something to be said about just taking the points on a slate with four games. You know what I mean? I mean, Zeke is definitely the highest, you know, projection if you're just projecting players. Um, Ceiling-floor combination, he's got the highest. Um, yeah, I mean, if he really gets 40 touches in this game, I don't see him putting up under 30. So I love Zeke. and. We know the we know the game plan for both of these teams is going to be run the ball. There's probably going to be the least amount of plays in this game out of all three of these games, but uh, we know that Zeke Elliott and Chris Carson are going to be the main focus for their respective uh, offenses. Jared, you like Chris Carson, is that correct?
2: I love Chris Carson. I'm blocking yeah. him and Zeke in.
0: Yeah, um, just get all the rushing attempts in this game. Now, Unlike, you know, the Chargers and Ravens, which we saw play as early as two weeks ago, when these teams faced off, it was week three. It was much earlier in the season. You know, the teams have changed a lot. Amari Cooper wasn't on the Cowboys at this point in the season. But, you know, Zeke put up 18 points on DraftKings, and Carson put up uh, 23. Um, that was Chris Carson's 32 rushing attempt game early in the season. He had 102 yards on the ground and a touchdown. You know, we've seen Carson go in and out of the starting lineup at various points in the years with Mike Davis and Elpenny, but over the last four, five, six weeks, Chris Carson has really been the engine that makes the Seattle offense go. He's 6,800. He's gone over 20 points in his last three games straight, and they're riding him straight into the playoffs. I would be surprised if he had under 20 points in this spot, even against the tough defense.
1: I think I, I think it'll be tough for him to get there against – against the Cowboys defense uh, especially at home but if you're getting 20 plus touches out of them and then you know he might get a catch here and there um, it's it's hard to it's hard to fade them at 6800 in in that offense where we know that they're going to run the ball 70 percent of the time
0: you know they've been the most I think I think they've been the most efficient rushing team in the league. I would have to check. Baltimore might actually be the most efficient, but, you know, they're both up there in terms of the way these teams run. How about uh, the quarterbacks and or wide receivers? Um, You know, Russ Wilson's 57, Dak is 55. Both are relatively cheap, especially compared to, you know, Luck and, and Watson, who will most likely be the highest owned on this slate. Um
1: hmm i mean i i would probably would have interest in in like dak maybe but i i don't think i would play either dak or russ um i mean they definitely both have the potential to pop off but i think they they're they're going up against um Two good defenses. Like, the Cowboys have a good defense. The Seahawks have a good defense. And uh, just in terms with Dak, like, the Seahawks are better against the pass than they are against the run. So I think it's going to be a lot of Zeke and a lot of dump-offs to Zeke. The Seahawks were the second-worst team against running backs behind the Falcons this year in terms of receiving running backs. So I think that just boosts Zeke even, like, Higher than what he was, I I think I think Zeke is the play. I think you fade Dak. I mean, he could pop off, but you know I don't see it happening, honestly. And I don't see Russ popping off either. He hasn't he hasn't really done much to win um, you money this year in uh, DraftKings, honestly.
0: That's interesting. So w- what about the wide receivers? We've obviously seen. Amari Cooper have slate breaking upside. He actually did it on a small slate like this on Thanksgiving. He completely broke the slate. Um, he's also gone three straight games with under 10 points. So, I mean, what are we thinking with Amari here?
2: Fade. I'm not playing him. I'd rather yeah, go all the way up to Hopkins.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, I tend to agree with you. I think that there's plenty of options to that you could go with at wide receiver uh, on the slate, and I don't think you need to go to Amari. Um, that being said, on, on a slate like this, especially when we're playing GPPs, I'm going to be targeting players that have that upside. So, I mean, I don't know how many lineups I'm making. If I if I make five lineups, I'll probably have one with Amari Cooper. But, um, you know, if I make less than that, I likely won't go there. What about you, Joey? Um, hmm.
1: I mean, it's tough because... Like I was just saying, the Seahawks do actually have a good pass defense. They were top ten in terms of pass defense in uh, the twenty eighteen regular season. But I mean, it is a GVP, and he does have slight breaking capabilities. And he has been much better at home um, than he than he is on the road. So that also helps him. But I mean, T. Y. Hilton is three hundred more. Yeah. Uh so it's like why play them but i mean if ty bus and amari cooper uh pops off here you're, you're you're looking pretty
0: agreed and you know we talked earlier about with zeke just taking the points and tyler lock has gone down to 5300 and he has had under double digit points once since week 10 um you know he's consistent he may not get targets but he just gets you know valuable targets he gets shots deep downfield he gets touchdowns and you know i mean i kind of like lockett at 5300 even against these tough corners um and dallas lockett's the type of player who i don't necessarily value cornerback matchup because it only takes one with him
1: now i like lockett it seems like he scores a touchdown every week so it could be a good play but um just going up against a tough Cowboys pass defense in Dallas, I, I just don't like the spot, and I think I think he's too expensive. Although his price has gone down, like if you if he was forty three hundred or forty two hundred, I'd play him, but not at fifty three hundred.
0: All right, that's fair enough. And what about any of the other you know surrounding players in this game? You know we got Blake Jarwin, who went for three touchdowns last week. He's still cheap. Thirty um, three hundred, and you know we got Doug Baldwin, Cole Beasley, you know Gallup, or are, are any of these guys interesting to you? Don't you love Gallup? Ah, uh, I don't hate him. I don't. I just don't like this game. Um, I do think to win a GPP on this slate, you're gonna have to find the one percent guy who's gonna go off. Um, you know, I mean Michael Gallup, he's gotten double digit points in three of his last five, including a zero point game the week that i played him in cash so that's tough but um yeah i don't know i don't think this is the week for Gallup personally i'll I'll, (laughs) even though that's my song
1: (laughs) nah nah you don't play Gallup if you want to win money but i mean i would potentially go to jarwin i mean he's 3300 still cheap um Target share has been relatively uh, the same over the last couple of weeks. I mean, he's getting what like a fifteen percent, sixteen percent target share. Yeah. So for thirty three hundred, you're getting targets each and every week. Um. I mean, you're kind of hoping that he kind of has a game like he did against the Giants last week. I mean, obviously it's not. Uh, or it's not smart to expect another three touchdown performance. But if he could if he could get a touchdown and you know get like four five six catches, uh, you're looking you're looking good at 3,300 with them.
0: Yep, I agree. I mean, I, th- I I certainly would temper my expectations with a play like that, but at the same time, he's priced under like Mark Andrews and Trey Burton. So I don't know. I just I think that there's some value just in terms of the way that DraftKings priced him. And we mentioned multiple times that we like the defenses in this game. We think they're both good. Um, would either of you be interested in the defense uh, of either of these teams?
2: No, not really. The defense I was looking at, honestly, is Philly. Really? Yeah.
0: Interesting, interesting. I, I think they beat Chicago. Wow. Damn. Um, that That's a spicy take. And we'll save that to the end of the show because um, I think that we're going to disagree heavily on that game. But let's get to the game first that everybody is really hyped to play. And I'm really not on this game at all, um, this this Indy Houston game, but it has the highest point total. Um, I think that there is shootout potential with this game unlike the two games that we previously discussed I don't see the Cowboys and Seahawks or especially the Chargers and Baltimore is getting into a back and forth it could happen in this game with the Colts Um, you know they're traveling to Houston this will be the third time these teams have played this year which I think you know doesn't bode well for this game we know that division opponents that face each other for a second time often underperform on offense so you know what's going to happen for the third time but, you know, this it is the highest point total game, 47.5. The Texans are 2.5-point favorites, which I also don't necessarily agree with. I think that Indianapolis might be the better team in this game. But um, I don't know. Do you guys see this game being everything that it's hyped up to be, or do you see room for disappointment?
1: I think it's going to be the highest scoring.
2: Yeah, it could disappoint, but I still think it's going to be the highest scoring. I mean, it might disappoint to where, like, it's 27-20, and it's not right. like over fifty what people think what people think it's gonna be because the total's so high. Um, I mean, I don't know. I think there's at least five touchdowns, which will be good if you pick the right guys.
0: So, who are the right guys? And f- before we get into that, I mean, if you have to pick one between Watson and Luck, which direction are you going? Luck. Mm, I agree, Joey.
1: Lu- luck as well.
0: Interesting. All right, so we all agree on Luck, and does that mean that we're all a fan of T.Y. Hilton? Because, I mean, if Luck is going to have a ceiling game, then, you know, it's probably going to either be with T.Y. or maybe Eric Ebron. Uh,
2: I like Ebron.
0: I like Ebron as well. I I like... uh, I mean, I like both. Yeah. Um, Ebron and Hopkins... Or, sorry, shit. Hilton and Hopkins are both... Going to be the highest-owned wide receivers on the slate for good reason. What with the you know potential game environment here. So, same question. Um, if you had to pick one, are we going Hilton or Hopkins?
2: Uh, what's the price difference?
0: Nine hundred. Hopkins more expensive. Eighty-seven hundred. T.Y. Hilton seventy-eight.
2: Probably Hopkins, just because I think Eric Ebron gets more of the work than. Um, T.Y. Hillen does.
0: Yeah, there's certainly a more consolidated target share for Hopkins. You know, they've lost so many players, on, you know, in that wide receiving core. Whereas, you know, with the Colts, it, they could they could throw to anybody, you know, Inman, Zach Pascal, like any of these guys. But, you know, I was looking into Hopkins trying to figure out because, you know, besides Zeke, I think that he offers the highest floor ceiling combo on the slate. So when these teams first faced off in week four, Hopkins had his second best fantasy performance of the season, 10 for 169-1. and And then when they faced off for the second time in week 14, he had his second lowest fantasy output of the season, 4 for 36-1, and only 13 points. So I don't know. I really think it could go either way with Hopkins, but I just think he's that type of player that is going to put the team on his back in this spot. Um, He's probably my favorite play in this game. It's just going to be difficult, I think, to fit him and Zeke into the same lineup without making major sacrifices at other spots.
1: Yeah, I think I think Hopkins is a good play. I mean, if you if you look at his home and away splits, though, he does average six less fantasy points at home. They are at home, but I think I think he's still a good play no matter what. Yeah, he's the only receiver they have. It's that simple. He's the only good player they have, honestly. What about sides, besides Watson? Uh,
0: what about uh, Kiki QT? I mean, you know, I don't know if I would—I don't know if I would call him a good player, but he did have 15 targets the first time that they played in Week Four. 11 catches, um, you know, 24.7 points on DraftKings. He has been hurt, but there's no Demarius Thomas. The only other wide receiver really on this team is, uh, you know. DeAndre Carter who is basically a retread from the Eagles um I don't know I think that Kiki coming back he's healthy he's practicing full as of Wednesday which is you know not something usual for him usually he's been limited or flat out out he hasn't played since week 12 but he's gonna come back and i think he'll probably be featured heavily just because there's nobody else to feature i think kiki um depending on ownership could be one of those pivot plays um that you get at low ownership and a potentially high target volume he's only 4k he's only 4k i mean
1: you know i I think i think he's a gpp lock yeah barring his hamstring doesn't give out in the game
0: or before the game You know, we still have two more practices to go. He may not make it all the way to Sunday or, wait, Saturday. Probably won't, but. Anybody else in this game? Um, What are your thoughts on Ebron, Joey?
1: I like Ebron a lot. I think he's probably the best play on the slate at tight end. Yeah. I I don't like Ertz's matchup. And, um, you know how we were talking about last week, um, he, hurts is significantly, significantly worse on the road than at home, and they're going into Chicago, playing up against arguably the best defense in the NFL. Um, that's a spot that I would fade.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Ebron's had an up and down season. You know, when the touchdowns are there, he's been good. When they haven't, he really hasn't. But, um... You know, 5,200. I think the upside is just it's there. So, I'm I'm gonna be looking to go after Ebron. He had at least 15 points in both matchups against the Texans this year. 14 touchdowns on the year. I think you got to target that upside, and we talk about it. Every, you know, every single week, damn near, it rarely works out. But you know, I'm probably gonna roll a couple two tight end lineups out there. I mean, why not? Eventually, it's gonna work, right? So. Ebron would be a player that I look to uh to get into a lineup like that if I if I end up playing one. But um are we good to move on here or any interest in the defenses? I wouldn't be necessarily opposed to going with the Colts defense in this spot, but I mean it's hard to do a division opponent on the road, uh, for a defense. But they're twenty three hundred and the Texans give up sacks like nobody's business.
1: Yeah, they've they gave up the most sacks uh, this past season, so the Colts could be a, a, a sneaky uh, defensive play at 2,300, especially in a GPP.
0: And, you know, we didn't really mention either running backs. Does Marlon Mack or Lamar Miller interest you?
2: <laughs> Don't bring up Lamar Miller on this podcast. Hmm.
0: That's facts. Don't bring him up. Well,
2: Marlon, okay. Mack, Marlon Mack's kind of interesting.
0: Yeah, um, he only got one chance to face off against the Texans this year. Uh, He missed the Week 4 game, but Week 14, it was a pretty underwhelming performance. He only had 14 carries for 33 yards, 9.3 points on DraftKings. He was 4.6K on DraftKings in that matchup, and he's all the way up to 6, so I I don't know. mean, if he's going to get
2: the receiving work, I don't see them running the ball a lot. I think it's going to be Luck versus Watson. It's it's not gonna be the Colts but it's straight up luck versus Watson, whoever makes more throws. I agree and with
0: the, that.
1: Te- the and the Texans gave up the second uh, least amount of rushing yards per game in the NFL, sixty two and a half on the season. So I mean it's definitely not a spot to target with Mac. Um like Jared said, I think it's uh Watson and Watson and Luck shootout. What's Colts defense again? Twenty three hundred, you said?
0: Yeah, 23. It's not
2: bad. I think Watson throws at least two picks and gets sacked like three times, to be honest. You could get lucky when you you need it all. Yep,
0: yep, that's all you need with the defense. Um, I mean, I I think think it's
2: going to end close.
0: Yeah. um, I think my number one sneaky play of this slate is in this game, all the way down at 3,500, Naheem Hines. um, You know, he just gives you leverage, and he fits into that – game script that we were just talking about as far as a shootout and as far as the game being on Luck's back and and Hines had his best game of the season against Houston back in week four. He had twenty eight points and just just in terms of a player at low salary having a high ceiling, I think that Nahim Hines could have that if this game does in fact shoot out. I mean he showed the upside to have eleven targets in a game against this team. And I don't think Marlon Mack is going to have much success trying to run in between the tackles. Um, it would take a couple of goal line touchdowns, I think, for Mack to hit value whereas Hines could easily hit value if the game script plays out the way that everybody expects it to. But, um, yeah. So, so so that's my favorite uh, you know, low-owned dart throw on this slate is Naheem Hines, 3,500. One big thing to watch
2: if you want to play Marlon Mack is um, Ryan Kelly. If he's out there's no reason to play Marlon Mack.
0: Yeah, the yeah. splits are significant. He is trending in the right direction, if, uh, if I'm correct, though.
2: If he plays, then I like it for GPP, not cash.
0: All right, that's fair. Um, let's move on to our final game here, Philadelphia at Chicago. It's the only game that we don't have you know, matchups to look back at as far as this year. Um, it's the lowest total on the slate at forty one point five. The Bears are five and a half point favorites. They're the only team favored by more by three points or more. Um I don't know, Jared you said you think Philadelphia could win this game. I think the Bears are gonna wipe the floor uh, with the Eagles here. So what what gives you what gives you uh you know hope with the Eagles here?
2: The key to beating the Eagles is to keep um their defense on the field. Right, we could all agree with that. Um, If that defense is fresh, they're probably top five, maybe top three defense. Right? Who Bears? Eagles. Mm -hmm. When they're fresh, when they're fresh, and bro, the end of the year they snapped. I'm sticking with that. If they're if they're fresh on the field, they're top five defense. But anyways, the key to beating the Eagles is keeping the offense off the field. Yeah, keeping the offense on the field, keeping the defense on the field. And I don't think the Bears can do that. The Bears usually score kind of quick, I feel like. Right. their run game, I mean, Jordan Howard's been better. That run game's been better, but do we really trust Jordan Howard to keep this up in the playoffs? Why not? Do you?
1: I would play him. In a GPP. Okay,
2: but do you trust him? Do you fully trust
0: this run game? Hell no.
2: That's why I like the Eagles.
0: I mean, I if, think if, I, if I were going to play Cash, I might play Howard. You know, if I were playing Cash on this slate, I might play him. Because, I mean, he's had at least 14.3 points or more in, you know, all of his last four games. So that would be at least 3Xing at his 4.6 DK salary. He's gotten at least 20 touches in three of his last four, but. I mean to your point no I don't trust Jordan Howard I think that you know it's a four game sample size and we also have seen him be pretty disappointing um the thing with me though is that I think that the Bears defense is going to dominate in this spot I mean Nick Foles he won a Super Bowl last year people may be expecting some sort of magic out of him but he's injured he has bruised ribs right now and That's fine. I, I I disagree with your point on the Eagles' defense. I think that they are significantly worse than they were last year when they made this playoff run. You know, especially their secondary is completely atrocious. Um, I, I pretty much agree with everything Vegas is saying about this game, besides the, the the Bears are favored. I think this game will most likely be the highest scoring game on the slate. Um, I don't know. I love this game. I think this is the game to target differentiating yourself from the Indianapolis and Houston game. I think that this is Mitch Trubisky, Millie-making week. You know, we've talked about it. He has so many ceiling games. He has floor games, but I don't care about floor games when I'm playing these GPPs. I'm I'm going Mitch Trubisky, I'm going Tariq Cohen, and I'm sailing to the money on, on this game. Yikes.
2: <laughs> you, know what, you know what the Eagles can do when they shut down the receiving running backs. You know they could easily do that, right? Cohen isn't going to do it on the ground.
0: Yeah. He's not, for sure. I mean, they
2: completely shut down Kamara. That's fair. When they needed to. And I think they're going to take away Cohen. So Jordan Howard's going to have to do it. That's another reason why I think they won. After they take away Kamara, Allen Robinson's inconsistent as hell. And Jordan Howard just doesn't. He's not gonna do it.
0: But Camaros, only one example though. Like in Week fourteen, the Eagles gave up twelve catches to Zeke Elliott, and Zeke Elliott isn't nearly the pass catching threat that Cohen is. Yeah, yeah I mean, okay, but and, did and you that, see that was, all that's those? A
2: did you see all those like half yard dump offs to Zeke? Like,
1: that's still twelve points though. That's what you. Uh, It's still 12 points. It doesn't matter how far down the field they are. I mean, that's not going to happen. It's
0: not going to happen. It was 19 points when you throw in the yards.
2: He's not going to get 19 points through the air.
0: So, you know, in terms of the Eagles, then do you have any interest in this offense? Offense? offense?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Zekertz and Alshon.
0: Yeah. I think Alshon Alshon snaps. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's it's only Wednesday, and he's already in the media talking about, you know, how he loves Eagles, and, you know, he was just going to work when he was in Chicago. I mean, this game has revenge game written all over it for Alshon, and we know what Nick Foles and Alshon's chemistry is, Um I don't know. I think this game has some potential. It's it's tough because I love the Bears' defense, but I also think Alshon's a great play. I think that Golden Tate has upside mm-hmm. at forty two hundred. I think he's too talented to be that cheap, but his workload's been so inconsistent with the Eagles. Only really one good game with them. Um, Nelson Aguilar, how how expensive is he, or how cheap? He is, he? is cheap as hell. He's only thirty eight hundred, and he yeah, is that's my twenty one and twenty five in his last two games. That's my GPP well,
1: play. Nick Foles can get it done. Uh, it's just that simple. Um, so I want to count out the Eagles in this game. To I love the Eagles this honestly. T- he turns into a different quarterback when playoff time comes. About um, you, Charlie, last what are year, your year. on this game? People Nick were having Foles. the same exact conversation that we're having. The Eagles are done, blah, 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 injuries, <laughs> whatever. And they came out and they uh, won the Super Bowl, so there's that. Um, in terms of Mitch Trubisky, um, I think – I think he's a good play. I mean, if I'm not playing Luck, I'm playing him. Um, like you said, Eagles pass defense, trash. Um, Mitchell Trubisky is way better on, at home than on the road. Hey, he has shown that all season, I think that's kind of obvious. Um, I think the Bears are going to have to pass to to win this game. Um, so I do like Cohen more than Jordan Howard. Um and we, we've seen from Cohen what he could do. He he has uh GPP winning capability. Like, he has a 33-point game on the season, a 37, 24, 22. So, so we've seen from him that he's capable of putting up these big point totals. So if I'm playing GPPs, I just want that, you know, that chance that he does pop off. Um, more so than Jordan Howard. Um in terms of receivers, honestly, I don't like any of the receivers. Um, but if you're playing Trubisky, I, I, I would go Taylor Gabriel in GPPs. Uh, Trubisky, Cohen, Taylor Gabriel, Stack is probably where I would go um, personally. On the Eagle side, I think it's a fade every every uh, position player. I'm on I'm on team defense matters, especially in the playoffs. Going into Soldier Field in January.
2: What about the Trey Ooh, yeah, Burton Joe. uh the Trey Burton revenge game?
1: You could probably um, bet on it.
0: Man, no, threw a touchdown sure. for them in the Super Bowl and then they're like, nah. We're good. We don't need you. You think Nagy has the nuts to try that same play against them? Yes. The Chicago special info? Yeah. Oh my god. That would be that Def- would be nasty. I, I actually think that's gonna happen. Definitely. <laughs> that's funny. Um, I
2: mean you saw the like the Colts were trying it, this boy Andrew Luck was laying out for the ball. I don't see why. I don't <laughs> see why the Bears didn't do it.
0: Yeah, Trubisky's definitely more athletic than Andrew Luck.
2: They did? I don't remember.
0: Bro, every team has done it. I swear. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I like Burton. Like Joey said, I mean, you have to target that tournament winning upside on this slate. He has one game. He has one game. That thirty point game against New England, um, where he flashed that. I mean. I don't know. I think I think it's difficult. He has, you know, like I said, that one game he had 11 targets. Other than that, he hasn't had eight targets or more in any game this season. So it's a dart throw. Um, you know, the revenge game factor, that that's in there too. But I just, I don't know. He's not one of my favorite plays. But in terms of wide receivers, I, I like Allen Robinson. I know you said Taylor, Gabriel, Joey. But I think Allen Robinson, you know, he was out last week, but I think that he could have played if he had to, but they rested him. For this game, it's an amazing matchup. You know, the Eagles have given up a ton of yards to wide receiver all season. And, you know, if I'm playing Trubisky, I think I might take a shot with Robinson.
1: Yeah, it's just tough um, playing a Robin, a GPP, when he only has one game over 20 points on the entire season. So,
0: yeah, I mean, that's that's the same thing with Gabriel,
1: Um, but you're getting Gabriel at... Uh, discount off A-Rob and probably less owned.
0: Yeah. Um, and in terms of DST, the Bears are pretty much a smash. I mean, they've gone over double-digit points nine times this year. No other defense on the slate has done it more than six times. So, you know, I think they're in a pretty good spot. You know, we talk about just taking the points with Zeke. I think you could do the same thing with the Bears. That being said, it is the most volatile position in terms of scoring, so I think there's certainly leverage in fading them. They'll probably be the highest owned. It's whoever the slate, gets a so pick six they,
1: or a fumble recovery or something that's going to win GPPs. Give
2: me the Eagles.
1: Whatever whatever defense yeah. you pick, you better yeah. hope they get a touchdown. And if none of them get a touchdown, then it'll just be a wash.
0: Yeah, you know, that. that's pretty fair. Um yeah, I don't know. For defense, probably just do the old scroll and roll. I mean, I'm going to either be picking the Colts or the Bears. Um, that's where I'm at with defense this week.
1: Yeah, defense is probably toss-up. i am probably paid down, though.
0: So let's close out this show with our favorite stacks of the week. Um, I mean, since we're probably going for low-owned, I would say try not to pick you know the Colts game unless you're going to get weird with it, but... Um, I mean th- that'll be really popular. Obviously, Watson to Hopkins and Luck to Hill and are going to be incredibly popular. So do you guys have anything contrarian uh, as far as stacks?
2: Foles, Agalor, Elshon. Hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. That is contrarian, but I mean the upside's there. The upside's definitely there. Um, I like that, and it's the last game of the slate, so you could be sitting there just watching yourself climb up the leaderboards That's my favorite thing to do. Um how about you, Joey, for a stack this week?
1: Rivers and Keenan.
0: Wow. I guess the upsides there. I don't, I don't know about that one. Um yeah. That's rough. I mean
2: I mean it comes to the point where some of these teams, if I'm Rivers, I'm not throwing to anybody but Keenan to be honest. I'm giving the be- I'm giving the ball to my best player. So I mean, hey, why not?
0: I mean,
1: Baker did yeah, kill like them it. through the passing game. So if Phil Rivers just turns on the Baker Mayfield yeah, tape,
0: Baker out. yeah, but Phil Rivers is no Baker. That is facts. Yeah, no, nah. that is <laughs> <absolute Baker's> <laughs> <really> <laughs> facts. better than him. Um, Damn.
1: but you know, if he turns on the tape, they could uh, see what he did and maybe try and replicate it. I mean, Rivers is definitely more than capable. That's all I'm going to say. And it's low on him.
0: Yeah, you know, if they want to have any success in this game, they need to give Keenan Allen more than the eight targets that he got in this matchup in Week 16. I'm just going to say that. So. um,
2: Wait, yo, real quick, I think I changed my mind. If you're playing just GPPs and no cash, if you make 20 lineups, fade Zeke in 15 of them. Yeah. If he's gonna be super, 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 super chalk, like like eighty plus, why not? If he busts, then you're already cashing. Yeah. He just has to bust. And most likely you're gonna be cashing. You just be eighty percent of the field.
0: Yeah. And bust, um, I
2: mean he doesn't go over like twenty.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with you. I mean I think with Gordon Carson and Tariq Cohen, even like Hines or maybe like I don't know one of the Baltimore guys probably not though but yeah I mean I think that you could get 20 points out of several running backs on this slate so cuz there's always, ro- always room to fade someone when they're that high If
2: old. you fade if you fade Zeke you could probably go TYn hop
1: I think there's no reason to fade him so I'll I'll disagree on I mean that. if
2: you I'm talking about just gpp if you're making multiple lines,
1: if I'm if I'm playing in the in the quarter millionaire maker this week, I'm playing Zeke no matter what. Maybe in some small GTPs. How
2: much is how much is
1: Twenty dollars.
2: If you make if you make five lines, you should fade them in two. Fade them in one. It's just smart to get leverage. That's a huge field.
1: Yeah, I mean, in a big field like that, yeah. But I think, but I think there's no shot eye-off. he goes under twenty. No shot he goes under twenty-five. Honestly, in my opinion. But
2: hey, it's all
0: about winning the GPP here at the DFS. Adults, you know what I'm saying? Making that That's money. Big facts. That is big ass facts. Um, and for me, my favorite stack of this week is going to be. Trubisky to Allen Robinson to Tariq Cohen and bring it back with Alshon Revenge and Sale to the Money. And I'd also don't mind going uh, something like Andrew Luck to Naheem Hines, Eric Ebron, bring it back with Hopkins. Um, you know, I think if you stack Watson and Andrew Luck for a tournament, you're you're going to have to differentiate your lineup somehow. I mean, if you just go Deshaun Watson new copkins ty hilton like you're not going to win a gpp because half the field's going to have that stack so um you know i don't know just ownership is so important honestly with four games like very very important so keep that in mind but that is going to be it for us this week we will be back next week on thursday to preview the divisional round of the playoffs you can follow us, as always, on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at the DFS Dose. Same handle across all platforms. You can follow my personal Twitter at Ben Hover. B-E-N-H-A-U-V-E-R. Guys, tell them where they can find you.
1: You can find me on Twitter at Joey Carrion underscore.
0: And you can find me at Jared underscore underscore Marcus. Marcus. All right, guys. Good luck this week. Let's win some money. Go Eagles!